Bruce, what are you excited about these days? So for people who don't know what the biology of belief is, Bruce, how would you explain that simply? How do you re-imprint somebody's identity? How do you change the identity? What would your magic wand wish be? <laughs> let's, let's jump in. Thank you again for, for being here, for taking the time. I know you're a busy man, and I just love you so much. Hey, you know. for you, come on, let's let's cut that. For you, I'll be there whatever time you said, I'll be there. Maybe a few minutes early, but so <laughs> I'll be there. I love it. I love it. Well, Bruce, uh, thank you for coming on. One question I like to always start off with is, Bruce, what are you excited about these days? I'm excited about the fact that I I wrote a book called Spontaneous Evolution 10, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was. And it talked about the fact that we are undergoing an evolutionary upheaval and and we're in it. This is what's going on. And what I'm trying to get people to understand is uh, they see the chaos. They see things falling apart. They're, they're getting that feeling that survival is in question at this moment because that's the biological imperative that something's going on. Uh, and, and what I try to get them to understand is very simply this, is that fact of science, it, it, as of today, if we want to just sustain the world just the way it is today, it takes 1.6 planet Earth to provide for today's civilization. Well, mm. <laughs> mathematically, it's very clear. There's no extra 0.6 planet Earth no. to do this. So it comes down. It's a hard scientific fact. Mm. We can't do this anymore. We can't. We have to change. Mm. Uh, and we have to uh, actually make up for the problems humans have created on this planet mm. because we're facing an extinction process. Now, a lot of people think, oh, that's over millions of years stuff. But uh, as the uh, scientists at NASA reveal mm. that within the next two decades, there is an irreversible collapse of the industrial civilization that we're in. There's a fact of science. Now, wow. what I try to get people to understand is, yeah, it's collapsing. It's a damn good thing it's collapsing. It's not sustainable. What I try to get them to do is like, let go of the system because this is the one coming down. <laughs> Don't hold on to this one. Step out and we're creating a new system. Mm. And that's why I'm honored to be here with you, Prince. Uh, I'm here, uh, happy and excited to be with you because you, in my mind, are a leader and helping transform the consciousness to get out of the old belief system, which has created the problem, mm. and start to move into the new one. Mm. Uh, and it's important because what the evolution is, is we have to recognize we're moving forward. Now, we don't want to destroy everything <laughs> that we brought this far, but we have to bring to the surface the things that don't work because we can't carry them into the next one. Yeah. So what we're seeing are challenges in uh, race, religion, nationality, where people are, are, are freaking out and creating all kinds of upheaval. And I say, but that's necessary, the Me Too generation, that's necessary. Why? We cannot move forward if we don't deal with the issues we've been hiding for the last, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years in the civilization. We have to clear the problems to move in to the next one. So yes, all of a sudden, all the problems are showing up all over the place. And I say, yeah, that's to bring it air, bring it light, bring it up so we can say, look, this is not going to be carried to the next version that we're going into. Mm. And I'm looking forward. I'm excited. Why? 
because the next version is return to the garden. And what people go, oh, the garden, we're going to go Bible days. I go, no, no, no. A a garden is the height of cooperativity. Mm. And humans have been destroying the garden. That's why we're facing the extinction. If we return to the garden, then we return to a garden, which is harmony, Mm. community. That's what a garden is. Everybody in everything in that garden is supporting the whole. And now humans are the only ones that are challenging the garden, destroying the garden. And I think Mother Nature is saying, okay, look, you guys, either you wake up or we'll start again with new humans because your humans are not working here at all. And it's so important because I talk about the stuff that you talk about. And I'm not maybe as eloquent as you when you do it, my dear friend, because I enjoy, as a teacher, I enjoy your edutainment, what you're offering, because this is fundamental to the evolution. The issues you bring up, we must deal with every issue you brought up Mm. to move from the current collapse to the future uh, coming upon us. Uh, just to give people an idea of what's under what's happening, caterpillars uh, grow and then they go into a cocoon and then they come out as a butterfly. What you have to understand is this, a caterpillar is the most voracious of organisms. It'll eat every damn leaf off the plant. And, and I say, then what happens? I say, well, when it runs out of leaves, it puts itself in a cocoon. I go, what, what's going on? Well, the idea is this, The cells that make up every organism are like miniature people. This is part of my biology that I talk about. All the functions of the cells are the same functions as the human. So I say, look inside that caterpillar. You've got millions and millions of cells, and they're all working when the caterpillar is eating. It's voracious. Food's coming in, digesting, moving. Everything's going on. All the cells are working. But when there's no more food, guess what happens? The caterpillar stops moving. There's no more food. There's no more digestion. There's no more need for all of the stuff that was in that caterpillar, all the community of cells. They they become out of work. I say, so what happened? I said, well, in the cocoon, the population of the voracious caterpillar breaks down. Cells are out of work. There's no moving. There's no digestion. There's no things going on. And there's this like soup of out of work, unemployed cells. But in the midst of those cells, there are specialized cells, and I love the name because they're called imaginal cells. Love it. And imaginal cells have a vision of a future. And what they do in that community is say, look, uh, yeah, this old one's falling apart for sure, but we have a plan for something new. And that new one is a butterfly. And as voracious as the caterpillar is or was, the butterfly is the lightest touch on the planet. Hardly even lands on the planet. And the idea is... The parallel here is civilization has been in a caterpillar stage, eating, destroying, using up the resources of the planet, coming to a point we can't do this anymore. Then there are layoffs and there are jobs and people are looking for work and all kinds of stuff. And I go, the issue is we can't continue. As I mentioned, it's not sustainable. So I say, what? Well, it has to collapse. I say, why does it have to collapse? And the answer is this. You can't build a sustainable civilization on the foundation of a civilization that destroys the planet. (laughs) You know, it's kind of logical. So we're in a state of collapse. Uh, And I honor the collapse. I look at the collapse and I'm not afraid of the collapse because I know if you don't collapse, 
Wow. The problem is going to be much worse than you ever imagined. So I want people to understand we're going through uh, an evolutionary upheaval mm. that we have to put our hold and our mentality out of the old one mm. and start formulating the new one. Now, I offer that in terms of biology, but uh, I'm so honored that you offer it in terms of sociology and community and spirituality, because all of those are the elements of an evolution that we're going into. Mm. And uh, and I love it. So uh, am I uh, afraid of what's going on? Hell no. Wow. I'm excited for what's going on wow. because it gives us an opportunity to say, yes, there's a different opportunity for the future if we let go of the one that is causing the problem. That's it. That's it. Love that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You, you touched on so much, Bruce. <sighs> you know, change, change is uncomfortable. And so when the system collapsed, I mean, this is, I just consider it just transformation. The phoenix has to die in order to rise from the ashes and come come back right. So it's 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 so important that we see it from that perspective, as opposed to seeing it through the eyes of fear. I had a theory, and it's probably it may be aligned with with some some of your theories and ideas. But I had this crazy theory. I wasn't on any any mushrooms or anything when I came up with this one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it, you know, my theory, because I, I love looking at the micro and the macro and the micro and the macro within the micro. And what I mean by that is I had an idea that humans, we are cells, right? We are the cells of, of Mother Earth. Recently, in the last few years, a lot of scientists have been upset, obsessed, and rightly so, with the microbiome, uh, the gut bacteria. Uh, yes. And so they say there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria, right? And I feel like on our planet, as humans, like we, we are bacteria. We have so, some people who are doing great things to the planet and some people who are making the planet sick, given, given the, the, the planet uh, indigestion and stomach cramps and illness. And so I feel your work is important because you supply the proper nutrition in order to proliferate the good cells in all of us. I love your analogy of the garden. And I've used that so many times. I, you know, I, I, I interact with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are very ambitious, and they always tell me, I, I wanna build an empire. I want to make an empire. And I say, I'd rather just make a garden. <laughs> you know, em empires destroy things. They conquer things. A garden is more harmonious. And that shift from an empire to a garden mind state, I think, is exactly what you're, what you're talking about. And it all starts and ends in belief, in the biology of belief. And this was, and, and I think that's a great segue into your work. And for people who may be unfamiliar with your work, you, you, made, you wrote this groundbreaking book, which flipped institutions up, I won't say upside down, I'll say right side up. And so for people who don't know what the biology of belief is, Bruce, how would you explain that simply? The issue that we have to face right away is knowledge is power. Okay, that's a clear fact. But let me state it in a different way. Same thing. A lack of knowledge is a lack of power. Okay. And then I'll add one last thing. And I say a misperception by definition 
is a lack of knowledge. Hmm. Well, we as a civilization are conforming to four fundamental beliefs that are the foundation of a civilization that are now scientifically incorrect and therefore represent uh, misperceptions. Continuing to follow these misperceptions is the end of civilization. We have to adjust for it. Now, the four of them, let me just list them, number one, two, three, and four. Number one is the belief that uh, the universe is divided into an energy realm and a material realm. And that these are two separate realms from each other. That's a Newtonian perspective. In that consciousness, it says that whatever is made out of matter can be affected by matter. Whatever is made out of energy can be affected by energy. But matter and energy don't interact. So that separates uh, in medicine. When they understood this, they say, well, the body is made out of matter, but the mind is not matter. So from the very beginning of science, we took the mind out of the human body to try to understand the human body. You never put the mind back in there. You never put spirituality back in there. You just look and say it's a bunch of proteins and genes and cells, uh, and that's it. Matter and matter. In 1927, the new physics came in, quantum physics. It's an evolution revolution. I go, what does it mean? I say, well, the idea of two different realms. In quantum physics, there's only one realm. Everything is energy. And I go, significance then, then everything that's energy interacts with everything that's energy. Uh, and all of a sudden I say, what we left out, the mind, spirituality, we left these out of our equation about life. Doctors don't say, hey, so give me your spiritual perspective on your life. They don't care about that stuff. They don't, they don't care about it. Just, hey, look, let's check your blood pressure. Uh, let, let's check your heart rate. Okay. Uh, what about life? <laughs> what about what's all going around us? Because everything around us is affecting us. And I said, well, how did that happen? Well, that comes to myth number two. Myth number two is we are genetic automatons, that genes give us the character of our lives. And then I said, but what, what story did the public get? And I go, well, they got the story that, that at the moment of conception, there's a whole bunch of genes come together. That if you don't like the characteristics, you can't change the genes. And then also, then you add this one, genes turn on and off by themselves. I go, what did we teach? I said, we taught victimization. We taught people, your life is not in your control. Your life is controlled by your genes. Oh, there's cancer and Alzheimer's and diabetes and blah, blah, blah. You're a victim. We uh, uh, are going to work with your physical body. We have the pharmaceutical company as your rescuer. Because when you're a victim, you recognize you are powerless. That's what victim means. Yeah. And if, my, if I am powerless in controlling my health, I need a rescuer. And all of a sudden I say, oh, well, hey, the pharmaceutical, they're, they're here to help us. And I go, that's a bunch of BS, which is belief system, because the pharmaceutical company is here for them, not for you. And, and in fact, there are about 10 times as many deaths from prescription drugs as from illegal drugs. Mm. I said, we have a war on illegal drugs. What about all those deaths from prescription drugs? Oh, they write it off. That's the cost of doing medicine. I said, well, that's too damn expensive. Wow. So the idea is we have to get out of, I'm a victim of my heredity. 
And I go, what do you mean? I say, well, let's give you an example. People think cancer is caused by genes. Let me give you a scientific reality. There's not one gene that causes cancer. There's not a gene. You have that gene, you get cancer. I say, you know, especially women, they get very afraid of the breast cancer gene, BRCA gene. I go, oh, wow. You know, once they, they have that in their consciousness, I have the breast cancer gene. They immediately, their consciousness now is focused on, oh, I'm going to get cancer. And I go, stop. You know, like Angelina Jolie, her mother died of breast cancer. Her grandmother died of breast cancer. She has the gene for the breast cancer. She got so afraid. And I think her father's a doctor that encouraged her and said, I'm going to have a double mastectomy. I'm a young woman. I have young kids, but I'm going to remove these breasts so I don't get breast cancer. And I go, wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, uh, that gene also affects ovarian cancer and uterine cancer. So you not only need a mastectomy, you need a hysterectomy. You got to take all that stuff out. But that's the belief that the gene caused cancer. And I go, wait a minute. 50% of the women with the gene never get the cancer. Mm. I said, well, then stop. I said, what does that mean? I said, possession of the gene doesn't mean you get cancer. It's a lifestyle and the point about this is then how does this override the genes? Well, that's the new science. We are not genetic automatons. In fact, what we now know is the new science called epigenetics. I say, what the hell does that mean? I go, well, conventional story. This character is due to genes. So genes determine this character. I say, that was the old story. That's the victim story. I say, what's the new one? Epigenetics determines this character. I said, what the hell is that, epigenetics? Epi means above. So what do we call skin? Epidermis. I said, what does that mean? Epi above what? Dermis, which is the layer underneath the skin. So epi means above. So if I say this character is under epigenetic control, what does it mean? It means this character is controlled epi above the genes. Wow. What controls above the genes? Consciousness. It is human consciousness that controls our genetic activity. I go, wait a minute, what does that mean? I say, I'm not a victim of genes. If there's anything wrong, I'm a victim of my consciousness. Because if I change my consciousness, I change my genetic activity. I'm a master of my genes. And all of a sudden it goes, well, wait a minute, then I'm not a victim. I go, no, the only victim you have is your belief that you're a victim. But we are masters of our genes. So we have to get out of, poor me, I am a victim. I will have Alzheimer's. I will have diabetes. Uh, let me give you a simple fact. Less than 1% of disease is connected to genetics. 99% mm. of disease has nothing to do with the genetics, but everything to do with lifestyle. It's interesting. So many people died from COVID. I said, it was COVID that serious. I go, the people that died were not healthy. All of them had what are called comorbidities. They were uh, having heart issues. They were diabetic. They were extremely overweight. I go, what was the point? I said, healthy people didn't have a problem with COVID. Only the people that were already sick had a problem. And I go, what was the point? Did anybody ever say, if you want to you know, avoid that COVID stuff, all you have to do is stay healthy. No, nope. nobody pushed health. They just said, push the vaccine. I go, oh my God. Uh, I've been a professor of immunology for the last 13 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I saw this coming down the track, I said, 
Oh my God, this is so, so bad. And I'll give you my perspective as an immunologist, biologist, etc. And here's the point. People only have power when they're in a community. Mm. COVID destroyed community across the globe instantaneously. There was no community in any country. Why? Separate yourself from each other. Put your mask on. Don't communicate. Stay away from each other. I said, oh, my God, the entire planet lost the people. There was no power for people. Completely lost. There was a handful of people that determined all the behavior for the entire planet. I go, we lost our power. And we have to bring it back. I'm jumping all over the place. I'm sorry, my dear friend, because I can go for 12 hours. And I realize we don't have 12 hours. So I will shorten my little piece here. So number it. one, we have to recognize that everything is energy. Consciousness is the creator of that energy. And in fact, let me emphasize, day one, quantum physics, 1927, founding father Max Planck came up with an understanding. And let me emphasize this. The most valid science on the planet is quantum physics. If I was going to question any science, the last one I would question right now is quantum physics. And I say, yeah, but what did Max Planck say? The mind is the creator of all matter. Hmm. Whoa, what does that mean? Change your mind, you change your reality. Hmm. And all of a sudden it says, wait, this whole thing is so completely off the charts regarding genes and all that that's irrelevant it's your consciousness and this is not philosophy this is physics it is the most important insight in the world and i go everything is energy you know what let me define energy invisible moving forces that influence what we perceive as the physical world Mm. i go oh wait wait i have another another thing spirituality what's that invisible moving forces that influence what we perceive as the physical world. I go, oh, (laughs) science has jumped the gun. The new, the most prestigious scientific journal on this planet is Nature. Mm -hmm. There was an article that I use in my lectures called The Mental Universe by a Physicist from Johns Hopkins. And I show the article. I said, this is the article. It's on physics. I said, don't worry about the physics. Just the last sentence. That's all you need to read. And the last sentence is this. The universe is immaterial. Basically, that's quantum physics. Everything is energy. Energy is not matter. So the universe is immaterial. It's mental and spiritual. Live and enjoy. And I go, oh, my God. I've been in science my whole life. We were never allowed to bring mind, consciousness, or spirit into our medical career. And now the most prestigious scientific journal says it's all mental and it's all spiritual. Wow. And it basically says, this is how we're gonna change our world. Hmm. We're gonna stop being victims and start being masters hmm. by changing our consciousness. And God bless you, my dear friend, because uh, y- y- your ability to take the serious story and, and make it explainable, understandable, ed- you know, edutainment, uh, this is the direction. The evolution we're facing is not physical. I'm not changing my body. The evolution is change consciousness. Yeah. Go from victim to master. Wow. Ah. I say, why? 99% of disease has nothing to do with the genes. It has to do with you and your lifestyle and your consciousness. I go, we can eliminate wow. the healthcare crisis instantaneously if people understood this. Mm. But 
They don't want you to understand it. Mm. So, okay. Oh, my God. I keep going. I'm so lost. Give me a break there, Rich. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> no, I, I love want. it. <laughs> Quantum physics replaces Newtonian physics. Number two, you're not a victim of your genes. You're the master of your genes. You control them. Mm. Number three and four are profoundly important because they're, they're misperceptions from Darwinian theory. Mm. I go, what the hell is that? And I say, Darwinian theory is the is one of the most important beliefs that shape our civilization today because everyone in science goes oh my god darwin theory uh life is survival of the fittest and the struggle for life i go that's the premise number one i go first of all that's completely false why because evolution is not based on competition yeah. it's based on cooperation it's a complete opposite of the way we're behaving today you, that's where we come back to, we talked about the garden. Mm. The garden is not a battleground. Mm. The garden is the height of cooperation of everything in that garden. Well, except for us, because we're the ones that are destroying the garden. And that's why nature is saying, you either wise up or get out of here because there's the, we can't keep you in the garden anymore. I mean, that's what nature is telling us. Wow. Uh, okay, so that's number one. The belief that everything was based on competition is self-destructive. Uh, the competition is destroying everything totally because it's not competition it's supposed to be community and harmony and bring it back together again so that belief survival of the fittest is completely false it's not it's survival of the most cooperative wow. that's the the new one mm. so that's number three number four is connected with darwin theory again because it said how do we get here the first step according to darwin theory is called a mutation, a random mutation, a gene change. Mm. And the offspring with a changed gene might have a different characteristics. And so they employ that idea that evolution was a result of random mutations. I go, wait, random? That means not controllable, accidental. So then I ask a big question, why are we here? And Darwinian theory will say, it was a whole bunch of accidents. And then here we are. And I said, then what was the purpose of being here? <laughs> How can there be a purpose? We got here through a whole bunch of accidents. Well, that whole story is 100% false because it turns out there's a new understanding of genetics called adaptation. And adaptation is an organism comes into an environment and it, what it will do, will it adjust the genes to fit into that environment? So every organism that's here didn't get here by accident. It got here by cooperating with the environment, mm. except for us. Mm. Uh, we got here by originally cooperating environment. Get to the indigenous people of this world. Why? They were the ones that said it was a garden. They were the ones that said we have to take care of this place. Mm. And then uh, the European concept spread all over the world. What did they do? They killed all the buffalo. They killed all the beaver. They destroyed. They cut all the trees down. They go... That's not the garden. That's a destruction. Hmm. And we have to go back to the indigenous people. Yep. They're still here. And I go, you know, it's not an accident. They're still here because they're the only ones that can talk to the planet. Hmm. They're the only ones that know they how to talk to nature connection. and understand nature and read nature and be guides. Hmm. The rest of us, hey, it's random event day. We have no idea what the hell's going on. Hmm. So we have to let go of the belief that we are here by accident because we came here like every organism to fit into the garden and support the garden. And again, wow. 
that's the uh, one that is uh, causing our, pre our problem right now because we have been consistently polluting the air, the water, the ground. We've extracted the resources uh, and created a garbage pile in what was a garden. Mm. Who's the problem? Not the, everything else in the garden. We're the only one that's the problem. Mm. So nature is really putting us uh, on alert. It says, you have about 20 years to try to hold this thing back together again. And if you don't hold it back together again, it's going to be this total irreversible collapse of, of our civilization. So um, mm -hmm. it's important for us to start recognizing this knowledge. Well, I don't have to talk to you because that's what your career is all about. I got to talk to our audience who mm -hmm. have been watching you, but to understand why your message is the most profound insights necessary for us to move from a state of destruction into a state of a future harmony and garden. Mm. And, and if people wake up, we can do it. But yeah. if you're holding on to the old structure, I go, no, no, that's the one that we don't want to hold on to. If you hold on to it, you will die mm. with that structure. Mm. You want to let go of the structure mm. and create a new understanding of what community is all about. Mm. Every, every chaos on this planet, it's all over. It's all over. I go, what do we have? Social chaos, economic chaos, immigration chaos, racial chaos, religious chaos, gender chaos. Yeah. And I could go on. I go, oh, look at all those different things. Chaos. I go, no, all of those are like trees. But if you step back a little further, then you see all those trees are part of something bigger. Yep. The forest. <laughs> and the forest is what's collapsing. Mm. And so all the symptoms that you see all over the place are just a recognition of the fact that we are in a state of collapse yeah. and we will not succeed unless we correct the problems of the past, the Me Too generation, uh, all, all this religious and racial strife, you know. I'm not a great fan of religion, so I, I can say that before people kill me, but I am a spiritual person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I noticed one thing, whether and this is interesting because it's something you talk about. And it's basically this, the people that control the system give us something to fear and then offer us for cost the resolution for that yeah. fear. <laughs> this is the Hegelian so, principle, you know, problem, reaction, go, solution. <laughs> that's it. Uh, and the idea is, okay, fear is the motivation. Yeah. Fear, because we're driven by something called the biological imperative. And I go, what's that? It has nothing to do with our physical body. It's physics. <laughs> and physics says that we need to stay alive. I go, why? Because the physics, and it has to do with the <laughs> laws of thermodynamics. We don't have extra half hour, but uh, the, the idea is this. We are necessary parts of the universe, mm. and we gather energy, and that's called negentropy or negentropy. Mm. Entropy is everything disperses, Neg entropies, everything comes together. Huh. <laughs> and the idea is living things are examples of neg entropy. What do they do? They don't take things from falling apart. They bring them together. Mm. You take energy and you bring it and focus it. And that's different than entropy, which is dispersed. Mm. So as a living thing, our mission is neg entropy. Mm. And that means then we have to take energy from the outside and focus it and concentrate it. Wow. When we are failing at this, which we are doing, then the, the chaos takes over, entropy takes over, and we start dispersing, and the whole thing falls apart. Mm. 
The biological imperative is a scientific understanding that there's a drive to survive. Sure. And it's present from the most primitive organism upward, mm. even bacteria. If you try to kill a bacterium, it's not going to go, okay, kill me. Mm-mm. It's going to do everything in its possible ability to stay alive. Mm. Biological imperative. Yep. We are driven to stay alive. Mm. But there's two parts to the imperative. Stay alive as individuals, mm. but stay alive as a species. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what we have to recognize, we have a drive. And this is this not intellectual. It's below that. It's a gut feeling. That's why people have a gut feeling. Yeah, it's not right. They don't know what's wrong, but they sure as hell know it's not right because there's a threat to our existence at this point. Hmm. Uh, And the effort about it is this. And what we have to do is recognize we are driven to stay alive. We are all elements of a a community of humans. There's no separate community. Uh, Oh, Jewish humans, Christian humans. No, No, they're all humans. Black humans, white humans. No, no, we're all humans, folks. That's it. And and why this is important is because religion and politics and economics have been driven to separate us. Absolutely. And when you separate us, that leads into the competition. Mm. And the competition goes into the Darwinian belief. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to beat the other one before they beat you. Mm. And the whole world is running off of this belief system. Yeah. That is self-destructive. Mm. What about religion? Well, that's the one I said, hey, first they gave you something to fear. Hell, I just made it up. Hey, when you <laughs> die, you're going to go to a place under the ground here. Got a lot of fire and you're going to push boulders up hills and you're going to burn and all. Mm. And the people who don't know, mm. oh, my God, what can I do? Oh, religion forms and says, give us 10% of your salary. Yeah. And then we'll give you some tickets to go to the other place. Exactly. I said, you created the other place. I said, but you created the first place. Mm. And, and all of a sudden I go, it's based on fear. Yeah. Because the biological imperative says that if you're in fear, you have to do something. Mm. And then when we're in fear and someone says, I will fix your fear, hmm. then you'll pay for that because mm. we're victims at that point. Mm. And religion yep. came in. And separated the people. Exactly. And I go, as a biological scientist and a cellular biologist and an evolutionary biologist, let me tell you something. We all came from the same source. That's it. We all came from the energy field that we call field in physics or spirit mm. <laughs> in social terms. Mm. And, and the idea is religion has separated us mm. to the extent that even Christians are separating the two groups that fight each other, and they're both representing the God of love. Mm. I go, God of love? Then how are the Irish and the English <laughs> killing each other and they're both Christians? Right. Ah! Business. Doesn't make sense. It's all business. Doesn't make sense. The, the ego, the mind. Uh, has and you're the one that tells us about that, and I'm telling it, but I'm going to tell it only from a molecular, biological, physics mm. understanding. Mm. Same story you're saying, mm. but there's an entire scientific foundation. Again, wow. It's not philosophy, it's physics Mm, (laughs) that is controlling all of this. Hmm. I believe that it is the separation that is the root of all of our issues. Uh, And we we separate ourselves through these institutions. But what it really is, is it's it's through thought. The thoughts, the labels, the identities separate us. And so I think what you what you teach and what I try to uh, convey is 
the same thing. You say it's all energy. We're all energy. I say it's we're all one. The way that I got to that understanding is a little different, I think, from the way that you got to it. But I think there's multiple paths up the mountain uh, to get to the top. For me, it was through. Uh, a little bit of science, you know, I studied biological anthropology and that gave me a very curious mind and understanding that there, there, there's no such thing as race and uh, we're all one species genetically. Uh, but even even deeper than that, it was through through meditation, through understanding that if I'm not this body, if I'm not these thoughts, what am I? It must be consciousness. It must be it must be energy that is beyond any description of that energy. And if that's what inhabits this appearance, this form, then that must be what inhabits all forms. (laughs) It's the same I am. It's the same energy. That provided me a lot of peace, a lot of understanding. And they say understanding is love's other name. And I think that's the battle in the world is is between fear. It's a lot of fear mongers that, that profit off of our fear. And then there's there's love, which is, I think, the ultimate profit, which is peace uh, on the planet. Right. It's not it's not monetary monetary profit, but it's something even beyond that, even greater than that, even true wealth. And we all know the word wealth starts with we for a reason. I got got a hundred percent. I got a quick question, Bruce. What practices? Because there's there's a lot of people listening that are stuck. They're stuck in yes. in their beliefs, in their belief systems, the BS, as you say. They're stuck in their identities. There have been a lot of people, a lot of scientists that have proposed theories. You know, I'm Timothy Leary, one that I I like, he, he talked about how do you re-imprint somebody's identity? How do you change the identity? And some people do it through psychedelics. Uh, some people do it through meditation. What are some strategies that you found successful in reprogramming someone's belief to a more harmonious and loving belief system? From a scientific point of view, as I said, you can come from a philosophical, uh, you can come from a cultural, you can come from all these different beliefs. My my beliefs were 100% scientific. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I was a science guy. Mm-hmm. And my research 50 years ago uh, was foundational research for the new field called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's environment controlling genes. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, it's interesting because let's apply it to the human. Because in the, my lab, I, I put genetically identical cells in three culture dishes, three dishes, all genetically identical cells. But I changed the environment, and that's culture medium, the fluid that the cells grow in. And I make that in the lab. So I made three different versions of culture medium, put it in one dish. Let's call the environment A, B, and C. And remember, all the cells are genetically identical in three dishes. So in dish A, I put environment A, the culture medium, the cells form muscle. In dish B, genetically identical cells, but a different environment, environment B, the cells form bone. And in the third dish, uh, environment C, the cells form fat cells. And it was interesting because I'm teaching in the medical school, genes control life, and I'm watching these cultures, and it's like, what control? Why should it be muscle, bone, or fat? Yeah. They were all genetically the same. Yeah. It was like it was the environment hmm. that actually controlled the genetic activity. Hmm. So it was like, oh my God, that's a hundred percent different than <laughs> genes controlling it, it's environment controlling it. Hmm. And I go, This is great research, cells in a plastic bit dish and blah blah blah. And then I go, Well, wait a minute. Hmm. We 
are skin-covered Petri dishes. <laughs> Underneath your skin, you have 50 trillion cells. And I goes, what about those cells? I go, they're in the original culture medium, blood. Hmm. I go, doesn't make a difference if the cell's in a plastic dish or the skin-covered dish? I say, no, it doesn't make any difference because the cell's fate is not controlled by the genes. It's controlled by the environment, the culture medium in the plastic dish, the blood in the skin-covered dish, same thing. And I go, so all of a sudden I say, wait, then genes are not controlling this, environment's controlling it. I go, yeah. And I go, well, it's the chemistry of the blood. And I go, well, who's the chemist? I go, the brain is the chemist. That's what puts the chemistry in. But the next question was life-changing. Hmm. So what chemistry should be put into the blood? Hmm. And the answer is whatever picture you hold in your mind, it gets translated into complementary chemistry. You have a picture of love in your mind. Oh, the chemistry out of the brain, love chemistry, wow. dopamine for pleasure, oxytocin to bond with your loved one, growth hormone. I go, yeah, you put those elements into the culture medium, and guess what? You're healthy, vital, you glow, you fall in love, and that's as healthy as you're going to get on this planet. Be in love. Why? The chemistry of the environment of your cells is going to enhance your vitality. Mm. In contrast, let's say I have a picture of fear, and I go, oh, well, then love chemistry is not coming out. Fear has its own chemistry. Fear has stress hormones and things that affect the immune system. I go, it's a completely different behavior, completely different genetic activity. I go, so my picture, what I'm holding in my head, my mind is controlling the brain, which is then controlling the chemistry, which then controls behavior and genetics. So I go, wait, the mind does this. And this is where we came into the question. The mind, what picture am I holding in my mind? I go, that's where the next problem comes from. I go, why? There are two minds, not the mind, two minds. Each mind, they're interdependent. They work together, but they're different functions. The original mind is called the subconscious mind, below consciousness. It's, and it's the programmed mind. It's the habit mind, Okay. The newest evolution of the brain right behind the forehead is where the conscious mind is. So now I say, look, conscious mind, function, creativity. Hmm. Subconscious mind, function, program. Okay? And so the brain is a computer. Yes, it is. And that's what my research revealed. It's not like a computer, folks. It is an organic computer. And I go, why is this relevant? And I go back, and here's where it all starts. Old days, buy a new computer, put a couple of thousand dollars, got a brand new computer, come home, push start, the screen lights up, it boots up, and then I say, do something. I go, I can't do anything. What do you mean? You got a brand new computer. I say, not until you put programs into that computer can you use that computer. You want to surf the web, you got to put in a program. You want to write a document, you got to put in a program. You make a drawing, you got to, all of a sudden you realize, oh, before you can use the computer, first you then program it. And then once it's programmed, then you can type on the keyboard. Mm. And that's where you put the information in the computer. Mm. So the computer's got a hard drive with programs and a keyboard that lets you put information in. Mm. The keyboard is the conscious mind. What do I want? I type it in. The subconscious mind programs. And I go, relevance. Before you can use your human brain computer, you have to put programs in. I said, well, how does that work? 
the first seven years of a child's life, the brain is not in the creative conscious part. That doesn't kick in until age seven. Mm. I said, then what's happening before age seven? I said, the brain function is lower than consciousness. Mm. It's called theta. Theta is imagination. Well, that's why kids under seven mix the real world and the imaginary world. They have the tea party. They pour nothing into the cup. They drink nothing. And then they say, that was the best tea I ever had in my life. Or the kid's on a broom and he says, it's a horse. It's not. The mother says, give me the broom. The kid in theta, imagination, it's not a broom. It's a real horse. So theta is first seven years. And I go, aha, theta is hypnosis. I go, why is that? And the answer is this. I can program bodies with genes, but I can't program culture with genes. Culture changes all the time. So culture, you have to learn. Hmm. I say, a baby is born, is going to have to fit into the family. There are rules, hundreds, hundreds of rules to fit into the family. And if you think that was a lot of rules, to fit into the culture and the community around you requires other hundreds of rules. And I go, how is an infant going to learn hundreds and hundreds of rules to be a member of a family in a community? I say, they can't read a book. They can't go to school. They're not going to learn that way. I say, how do they learn? Theta, first seven years, is hypnosis. Hmm. I say, what does that mean? Well, in my case, uh, as a boy in the family, I watched my father's behavior and I downloaded that. Hip just watching him. Downloaded first seven years. All I, I didn't even have to ask him a question. Just watch him, and I download his behavior. I watch my mother, and I see the behavior of what a partner woman like, and I say, "Oh, okay." Now, as I'm growing up, it's like, well, I I'm going to use my father's behavior, and I'm going to try to find a a partner like my mother because that's what made it work. Okay, I go. We watch these people. We watch the community how it works, and we download behavior from other people. I go, so the programs that are in your subconscious mind primarily didn't even come from you. They came from other people. And they don't answer your wishes and your desires because that's their program. Wow. So I go, well, wait a minute. Once I get to be seven, I could use the conscious mind and I don't care about the program. I can type in what I want. I go, well, theoretically true. I go, what do you mean theoretically? Because I didn't tell you the one key monkey wrench into the system. I say, what is that? The conscious mind can do two things. It can drive your vehicle. Imagine your body is a vehicle with a steering wheel. When you're in the conscious mind, I'm driving toward wishes and desires, imagination, creativity. What do I want? I want health, happiness, money, relationships. Great. Hmm. When the conscious mind's driving, that's the direction you go. The conscious mind does a second thing. It can think. What the hell does that mean? Thinking is not looking out. Thinking is looking in. Hmm. A thought is on the inside. Mm. Today's Wednesday, and I could say, uh, Richard, what are you doing on Friday? And it's not written in front of him, but I bet you in a moment he'll think about it and then say, on Friday I'm doing this. And I said, where the hell did you get that? Mm. Oh, I thought about it. I go, when you're thinking, the conscious mind is not looking out. The conscious mind is looking in. I said, what if, what if you're driving the car and you're thinking? I, the answer is this. You're not driving the car with your conscious mind anymore. Conscious mind's not even looking out the window. It's looking inside. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to crash the car. I go, no, don't worry. Why? Driving is a habit, yeah. a program. Oh, that's subconscious. Mm. Here's the point. When the conscious mind is thinking, the subconscious is autopilot mm -hmm. and takes over the behavior. Yeah. And I go, okay, now, now comes that exciting number. How much time am I thinking? 
95% of the day. What's that mean? 95% of the day, you are not creating your life that you want. 95% of the day, that consciousness is thinking about what you're doing, where you're going, what happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, then when I'm thinking, the subconscious takes over? I go, yes. Is the subconscious my program? No. <laughs> Did I download it from somebody like my father? Dysfunctional relationship? Yeah, I, I downloaded in the first seven years how to create a relationship by watching my father. You know what? It was so dysfunctional, I couldn't get a relationship off the ground for 50 years. Mm. Why? Because 95% of my life was coming from that program from my father. And then you would say, but I would see if I was doing something wrong. I go, no. Mm. You know why? You're not paying attention. Mm. You're inside thinking. Whatever behavior is coming out, you're the only one that can't see that behavior. But everyone around you can see your behavior. You're the only one that can't see it. And I say, why? Because you're not paying attention. You're inside thinking, and the program's playing. So for 50 years, same story. I'm still looking, maybe 51 years now. I'm looking for a better one, but let's give it. You have a friend. You know your friend's behavior very well. You happen to know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as their parent. So you really get excited. You go, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Back away from Bill. I know exactly what Bill's going to say. He's going to say, how could you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. And the audience laughs because they're familiar with it. I go, what was the point? He doesn't see that he's playing that program he got from his father. Wow. He doesn't see that because he's, he's thinking. So the program is automatic. I go, but he doesn't see it, but everybody else does. So if he has a negative program, then what do you think the responders are going to do? Manifest a negative experience for that program. Mm. So Bill's the only one that doesn't see it. Why? Because he's thinking, and that's why they're, uh-oh, you ready for this one? We are all Bill. <laughs> every one of us is doing this every day. And I say, what's the problem? You're not creating your life the one you want. That's the 5% of the day you're not thinking. Mm. 95% of the day you're playing a program and you're the only one that can't see it and everybody else responds to your program. I say, what does that mean? Most of us look at our life, I'm a victim. Oh, I wanted to be successful, that's for sure, but it's not happening. You know why? That person did something and this person interfered and that. I'm a victim. Game. Game. Oh, hell no, you were the creator. Mm. <laughs> but you didn't see... Mm. Your participation. Mm. So now it comes down to the fact is this. I want to create my life. Yeah. I don't want to be a victim of my program. Yeah. So guess what? The movie The Matrix is not science fiction. The movie The Matrix is a documentary. Mm. I go, what do you mean? The premise of the movie is everybody's been programmed. I go, well, that's true. Every one of us got programmed. That's a fact. First seven years. And the program takes over your life. And I go, for 400 years... The Jesuits have told their followers, give me a child until it's seven, I will show you the man. Mm. I go, what did they know? First seven years programming, 95% mm. of the rest of the life is a manifestation of the program. Give me the child until it's seven, I'll show you the man. Wow. So they were the first ones to know that if I program you, I can control your life. And I go, they're not as good as programming as today's programmers. Mm. You see an infant who can barely walk with an iPad you're looking at some programming here, my friend, <laughs> you know? And I go, so what's the point? Are you creating the life you want? Mm. And the answer is, nope. You're creating the life you've been programmed to create. Mm. 
and it runs through families. And I'll give you an example. Remember I said, there's no gene that causes cancer. I said, where the hell does cancer come from? It's running in a family. I say, story, true story. They looked at what happens when an infant is adopted into a family where there's cancer running in the family. Mm. It turns out the adopted child will get the same family cancer. I go, wait, the adopted child has totally different genetics. I go, it wasn't genetics. It was programming the disharmony, wow. dysfunctional programming, like wow. my relationship of how to create a partner mm. by watching my father, it would never happen, you know? Mm. And I say, can you get out of it? And I said, well, that's what the movie The Matrix offered. I said, what do you mean? They had two pills, the blue pill, the red pill. Take the blue pill and life goes on just the way it's always been. But if you take the red pill, mm. you get out of the program. So I said, what's the consequence of getting out of the program? And then I'm going to tell you this. Almost everybody on this line right now watching this program has taken a red pill hmm. at one time in their life, hmm. at least, maybe more. Hmm. I said, what happened? What was it? What was the consequence? Falling in love. <laughs> go, what does that mean? Falling in love, it could be with another person. It could be with a pet. It could be with a job, being a chef, being an artist, being a gardener. I said, what, is the diff what does that mean? It said, when you're in love with something, you don't think. You stay in the present moment. Mm. You've waited a whole life for somebody to show up. They show up. You fall in love. As you think it's the time to think and not be here, that would be silly. Mm. When you fall in love, you stop thinking. You stay what is called mindful. You mm. stay in the present moment. Wow. I said, what is the consequence of not thinking? Then all of a sudden, you're not playing the program. Mm. And I say, well, if you're not playing the program, what's running your life? I say, the creative conscious mind. I go, guess what? Your life is blah, 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 blah. You fall in love. 24 hours later, life is beautiful. Wow. Life, I'm heaven on earth, man. I, I'm so in love. The food is great. The music is great. I'm not even going to talk about the sex. But the whole idea was like, how come blah, 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 24 hours later, you created heaven on earth? Wow. I go, you know why? First time you stopped playing the damn program. Mm. And I go, then how come the... Honeymoon doesn't last. And I go, well, inevitably, you have to start thinking again. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment you start thinking, guess what? Those programs that you didn't play wow. when you met your partner, all of a sudden start to show up. Wow. So I meet a partner. We're getting off the ground. I'm creating a little heaven on earth here. Yeah. And then down the road, I'm thinking, oh, I got to go do a chore. I got to go do this. My partner comes in. We're in a love mode. She asked me a simple question. And I go, blah, blah, blah. I go, what was that? She looks at me and goes, who are you? Yeah. Where'd that come from? I go, what are you talking about? Why, well, I'm Bill. I just played my father's dysfunctional mm. behavior. Mm. And she saw it. I didn't even know I did it. Mm. And I go, what was the point? We get into an argument. Oh, you said this. No, I didn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I go, end of the honeymoon, baby. Yeah. Because from now on, the programs from both sides are going to show up and throw crap into the mix right away mm. so the idea is this can you have heaven on earth i say well yeah you've already experienced it but it didn't last why i got programs i go mm. oh so here's the resolution <laughs> you can rewrite the program mm. and if you rewrite the program you become self-empowered mm. and i go wow. wait a minute i go rewrite the program i go yeah that's in the subconscious mind and i go if just imagine this. What if my subconscious mind programs matched exactly my conscious mind's wishes and desires? Just think. Hmm. If I took wishes and desires and then programmed them 
in my subconscious. You know what that means? Whether I'm paying attention or I'm not paying attention, in both cases, I'm still playing wishes and desires. Hmm. I can have a honeymoon for the rest of my life. Hmm. I, I mean, for myself now, it's been uh, with my partner, Margaret, 23 years of honeymoon every day. Why? Awesome. When we first got together, we saw that, okay, we know these programs exist. We never got into a, well, actually, we got into one fight. <laughs> the first big fight. And you know what happened? What happened? Both two of us are control freaks. You can't have two control freaks at the same time. That's yeah, a problem. Not at the same time. And what happened was, no, it sure blew up. The, uh, you know, it was early in the game. Mm. But it took me a week to stop shaking after that fight. Mm. And, uh, and we came to an agreement. We will never fight again. Wow. Amazing. We'll have a conversation. Amazing. We'll fix it. Over the time, I changed those programs that took me away from the honeymoon mm. to programs that manifest honeymoon. Mm. Manifest peace, love, health. Man, you know, I love my life. I wake up every day. And here, here's the secret. Why did I wake up every day this way? Well, when I started to find out that the cells respond to an environment, I recognized one important fact, Richard, and that was this. No two people's cells have the same identity. Mm. Meaning, if I put my cells into your body, your immune system will say not self. You put your cells in my body, my immune system will say not self. I say, well, the first thing is this. The immune system can tell me if it's my cells or somebody else's cells. Mm. So there must be identity that the immune system is looking at. And I go, what is that identity? Through my research, on the surface of our cells, there are proteins like antennas. Mm. And there's a set of them, and they're called self-receptors. Mm. originally the biologist said that's what the proteins make you different from the other person i say they missed the point mm. the proteins are antennas it's the mm. signal that's picked up from the proteins wow. that is controlling them not the wow. protein controlling themselves proteins respond to signals mm. so all of a sudden i said wait my cells are receiving a broadcast that only i get Mm. Why? Because my self there are no two people with the same set of self-receptors. Interesting. Your self-receptors are different than mine. Everybody's got a different set of self-receptors. So what does it represent? They're picking up information. I go, where are these receptors? On the outside of the cell. Mm. Where do you think the information is coming from that these receptors are picking up? Outside the cell. <laughs> I said, what kind of information? Quantum physics. An energy field. Mm. Each one of us has a set of receptors that re only sees a narrow portion of an energy field. Mm. And each of us has our own signal. Hmm. <laughs> and I go, amazing. when I started to go, well, wait a minute. The signal is who I am. It's an energy field. But the definition of field and the definition of spirit, same definition. So I can say field, spirit, it's both the same thing. Mm. I say, all of a sudden it hit me. I said, wait a minute. I can't die. Said, what do you mean you can't die? I said, I'm not even in here. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm the broadcast being received by the antennas. My body is a television set. Your body is a television set. And I go, what, what's the point? I say, the broadcast isn't in the body. The broadcast comes to the body. Wow. And I go, wow. Then if my television breaks, you're watching the TV, mm. the show, the television breaks. I say, television's dead. Yep, not working anymore. Question, is the broadcast still there? <laughs> of course it's still there. Mm. It just needs another TV. Wow. And I go, wait, I am the broadcast. I am not the TV. And I go, why is that important? Are you ready? Mm. Does it make a difference if my TV is male or female? I go, nope, that's a TV set. 
Me, I'm the broadcast. Wow. Doesn't make a difference if I'm white, brown, black, red, yellow. I go, no, that's a TV set. That's not me. I'm the broadcast. We're the broadcast. Mm. We're not the TV. Hmm. And I go, well, imagine a radio station, a dial, where you can go from one station, the next station, the next station. We and our self-receptors are stations. Hmm. We're all on the same broadcast band. Hmm. Broadcast band is God. Hmm. And I say, well, what does that make me? A piece of God. What does that make you? A piece of God. Mm. I say, why is that important? Because we're creators. Mm. We're creating our lives. So I asked myself, because I, uh, science boy, not spiritual, 100%, not spiritual. I just recognized, oh my God, the self-receptors. I'm receiving a broadcast at the field. I'm spiritual. Hmm. So then I asked the next question, and I love it because... It revealed that I have Jewish comedian cells in my body. Oh, said, what yeah. do you mean? Jewish people uh, respond to a question by asking a question, <laughs> you know? So wake, I'm just waking up and I go, oh, my God, I have a body, but I have a spirit. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question, why have both? Why not just be a spirit? Mm-hmm. And my Jewish comedian cells, 50 trillion of them, welled up. And the answer came in the form of a question. Most profound answer ever. You ready? I said, why have both? Why not just be a spirit? And the cells asked me a question. Bruce, if you're just a spirit, what does chocolate taste like? You don't get it because you have to think about it. It's like... This is a virtual reality suit. Mm. We're all energy, but with eyes, I can make the energy into pictures. Mm. With ears, I can make the energy into music and sound. With taste, I can make the energy into a, a, you know something that tastes beautiful. Wow. But that's the body translating the energy into perceptions. Amazing. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, my God, this is where we came to have feelings. Now... Uh, Richard, you and I could sit down and write an essay about love without ever knowing about what love is. It's an essay. Yeah, love is this and this and this. I go, but you don't know love until you feel it. Yeah. Feeling is where it comes from. Mm. Love, all the things that you like, feelings, visions, sounds. It's translated by the television set and sent back to the broadcast. Mm. Our life experiences. Then I say, oh, my God. We get to have sensation. Good ones, bad ones. Pain, love. You got well, they're both sensations. So I go, oh wow. When we come into the body, we can manifest an, a sensation. And then I also said, oh, but wait, we're also creative. And then it hit me, Richard, and my life changed right there. It said, you don't die and go to heaven. You were born into heaven. This is where you came to create. Hmm. This is where you came to experience. <laughs> but are you the creator? I go, nope. <laughs> 95% of life not even coming from your creative ability. It's coming from your program. Wow. And everybody's like, when I die, I don't go to heaven. I go, when you die, you just left heaven. Mm. Because this is where you came to create your vision. <laughs> Love, health, happiness, community, music, art, science. Hmm. creative Hmm. this is where you can do it with a mechanism Hmm. you know and so all of a sudden i said oh my god i am in heaven 
except that my program has really taken me on the wrong turn mm. <laughs> into a world that's crazy, and I'm part of it because that's my programming. Mm. Until you change that program with love, love when is you change the, that program. The antivirus of the programs. And That's the whole idea. Love is harmony. Love is community. Mm. Love is unity. Mm. And and the failure of love is the opposite of the things we just said. Mm. And, and I, I love your message. You bring it in. You talk about love for people. You talk about love for the planet. You talk about love for the entire civilization. Uh, and I'm trying to do the same thing. Mm. And it's great because if we both said the same thing, then it was like, oh, he's a clone. Prince is a clone of Bruce. No, he is, and he does his own shit. <laughs> I do mine. You do yours. What's the point? As many different ways as the message can be introduced increases the opportunity for the listener to buy into that message and become the creator that they actually are. That's it. That's and that's it. why thank you so very much for letting me be on your program because I enjoy the way you do it. Mm. And I enjoy the way I do it because I come from a totally scientific point. It's like, this is not philosophy. This is yeah. not new age. This is science, it's, folks. It's science. And it's science. does it work? Well, I've only been on a honeymoon for 23 years, but I'm not dead yet. You know, for a guy who's <laughs> hitting 79 in a little bit, I'm still jumping up and down Amazing. and I love my life. I don't have any pharmaceutical drugs in my life mm. and I'm healthy and happy. Wow. Came through wow. COVID wonderfully, had it. Amazing. So what? I was healthy. So it was gone. Mm. So it doesn't make any difference. You know, mm. I've got protection now. Amazing. Uh, uh, and the idea about it is what? Mm. We must wake up. Mm. We're in a trance. Mm. We're in a trance of programming. Mm. The program that is in your life, you didn't put that in there. You downloaded it from other people. Wow. Now comes an issue and it goes simply like this. It says, what are my programs? <laughs> I go, you weren't there when you were programmed in the womb last trimester. And I said, well, what program did you get from zero to one? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, what program did you get from one to two? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. And I said, from two to three. About around three, you can start to remember some of the incidents, okay? But the point is this. Your fundamental program, you weren't there consciously. Mm. And yet that program is running your life. And I say, well, then what the hell is the program? And I love it because here's a simple understanding. 95% of your life is the program. <laughs> I go, why is that important? I go, so look at your life right now and recognize the things that you like mm. that come into your life, they come in because you have a program to support those things. Yeah. But, and this is the one, but the things that you desire and want, but you're not getting them and you're working hard. And you're sweating over it. And you're putting a lot of effort into it. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I'm, you know, I want to be healthy. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I, I don't have a relationship. I'm going to make it happen. I go, why are you having trouble getting to those destinations? Hmm. The answer is simple. The programs you've got don't support them. Yeah. <laughs> I say, then why is that relevant? I say, I don't have to change my whole life. Wow. I just have to look at where's the struggle in my life? The struggle did not come from the outside coming in and give you the struggle. The struggle is you're the creator and you manifested this, but you didn't see you were manifesting it. Hmm. It was invisible subconscious programs that you got from your parents, your clergy, hmm. your doctor, hmm. your teacher. They were the ones that installed these programs. Wow. 
And, and the idea is if those programs are wrong, then your life is never going to work out the way you want it to be because you're operating from misinformation. Mm. And the idea is, can I change those programs? And it's 100% you can change the program. If you didn't, this would be the worst interview that ever happened on YouTube or anything. It's possible. And I'd say, why? Mm. Well, if you couldn't change it, I'd say, well, too bad. Live it out, man. <laughs> I go, no. You can rewrite these. That's it. Okay? That's it. Big. Should I? How much time do I have? Big message. Another 12 hours? <laughs> can I uh, keep going? We, Can I keep going a little bit or we run out? We got, we've got um, no, I, I got one more. Oh, okay, so let me. <laughs> I got one question. Oh, yeah, give me a question because this otherwise the, I'll just keep going on. This is the magic wand question that I ask all the all the guests that come on. and uh, yeah. the, the magic wand question is this, Bruce. If I gave you a magic wand and you could wave that wand at the planet and when you woke up tomorrow, whatever wish that you made with that magic wand will be granted. What would your magic wand wish be? The one I'm waving right now. <laughs> the one that I reprogram my beliefs. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I wake up in the morning is like, oh, my God, I'm still here. And that's the first one. Mm. And then I look to my side and there's Margaret. And I go, that's the second one. Mm. And then the third one is I get up and I live in my yard, which is not an accident because it was selected by a program mm. to be in harmony with the world and the neighbors and everything. Mm. I pretty much have programmed my magic wand. Mm. And I programmed it because it's the vision I wanted. And then I effectively changed the programs that got in the way of those visions. Mm. And I'm manifesting them. Mm. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I live in a beautiful part of the world. I have friends in a community. That's a very important part because community is is the nature of evolution. Mm. Uh, and that's what we have to recognize that everyone on this planet is in the same human community. Yeah. And we're all part of one community. And when all the barriers that separate us are gone, the unity of the population will manifest the heaven on earth that we've been talking about. Mm. And the significance of that is very, very critical because I have my vision of heaven. You have your vision of heaven. Everybody has their own vision of heaven. I say, yeah, but this is where you came to create it. Yeah. And the beautiful part is almost all of us share the same vision. Yeah. What do you want? I want to be healthy. I want to have food. I want to have a place to live. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want a job so I can be fundamentally creative in my, I, I want these things. Mm. I go, almost everyone in the whole world wants the, same, the thing. same thing. I yeah. go, then why don't we have it? Because there's a few people, 1% that don't want us to have those things. Yeah, that's it. So that's it. we're working on it. Unity, unity, peace, and love in that's the field of transcendence. I've been there with that. Man, that's a great place. I love being with you on that those trips. Yeah. Because those it. trips that we went on were awakening trips mm. that were so important for our consciousness and our, our creativity. And yeah. uh, I'm honored to have been with you on that trip. Yeah. Love you uh, so much, Bruce. Just, thank I you for you. what you thank you for what you do. You so who much. you are. I can't wait. I I really want to collaborate with you in some form or fashion. Uh, I think that will be. I've been magic. talking about that only for about 20 years. <laughs> Maybe some point it will actually happen, you know, because uh, as I said, we both tell the same message, yeah. but with different stories. Yeah. And that means we compliment. And when we compliment people that are, are going to pick it up from yeah. either or both at the same time. Let's do it. Let's and when do people it. pick it up, they'll have the live 
the lives that you and I are are experiencing in this time of our life mm. it was not the life I had for the first forty years, mm. folks. <laughs> mm. This is a whole different reality, mm. and and I did it not because it was hey, it was you know a nice idea. I did it because it was hardcore science, yeah. and it gave me the direction. That was the path of what to do. Mm. Yeah, everyone has their own portal, and it's really about finding it. But it all leads to the same place, which is which is love. Uh, thank you, Bruce Lifton, for being on Sauna Sessions. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And uh, yeah, let's. Con- I-, I hope to connect with you in the flesh soon. It's been too long. It's been too long. It's the best part of my life when we hang out together because um, uh, you emanate the joy that I that I love to see and experience. So thank you, my dear friend. Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, that was the path. Mm, yeah, everyone has their own portal, and it's really about finding it, but it all leads to the same place, which is which is love. Uh, thank you, Bruce Lifton, for being on Sauna Sessions. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And, uh, yeah, let's. Con- I, I hope to connect with you in the flesh soon. It's been too long. It's been too long. Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. Beautiful. All right. Job well done. You crushed it. That was amazing. <laughs> I love it. You really you really laid the foundation. <laughs> you laid the foundation so well. Yeah.